Hello, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. My name is Dr. Chloe Gibbons, and I am thrilled to announce that I have officially joined forces with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The last several months of 2020 were very busy for us. We were working behind the scenes to create a brand new platform for pharmacists, pharmacy students, and pharmacy industry professionals. Our first available series is entitled The NAPLEX Podcast, the first show dedicated to helping pharmacy students prepare to take the North American Pharmacist Licensure Examination. Each episode of the podcast will provide listeners with a thorough review of pharmacology and pharmacotherapy topics that were taught during the didactic portion of pharmacy school. I will be your host, guiding you through each review, and there are 70 plus episodes for you to access while on the go. Thank you all so much You're for listening, listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the PGX for Pharmacists podcast. We believe pharmacists are the best positioned providers to lead in PGX. Pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This relatively new field combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup. This podcast is dedicated to pharmacists with an interest in learning more about the data analytics, industry trends, and evidence-based usage of pharmacogenomics. Welcome to PGX for Pharmacists, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you're a listener of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and we have to say we are so proud of our team at the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, ranked top 20 podcasts in genomics throughout the world. And the only one in that mix that was driven by pharmacists. We're so proud of our team. And we're talking a lot about PGX and the financial barriers. And most of us understand that the reimbursement for pharmacogenomics tests has been probably the biggest barrier of adoption. And we think of wide-scale clinical adoption and how this could save us time, money, and even lives. And when I think of how frustrated I am as the hero of, I guess, audio and the cheerleader of pharmacists per se, it's people like Dr. Becky Winslow that are finding people that understand those financial barriers and how that aligns with government entities, insurance providers, uh, teachers unions, organizations throughout the, the country that are going to benefit once we learn as a team to remove those barriers. Becky has brainstormed about which payers were the most vested in improving patients' medication outcomes and who would therefore be more likely to listen to this particular podcast. So if you are listening, make sure you share this episode. This is a very special episode to decrease adverse drug events and increase therapeutic medication outcomes. And with that, I'd like to turn the show over to Dr. Winslow, and and have her welcome our special guest. Becky, the show's all yours. Thanks, Todd, for that great introduction and that great background about this episode. Today's episode is special to my heart um, because of uh, how it exemplifies uh, pharmacogenomics, clinical ph pharmacogenomics in action, and the type of results that we can see. 
Um, as my listeners know, I've been in pharmacogenomics now for a little over eight years, and I have a history as a PharmD in business operations and also clinical program management. Um, how did I meet my guest today? That's a great story. Always looking for a challenge and always seeking a way to improve medication outcomes and to help people improve medication outcomes. Fate has it that I accepted a job with a self-insured employer benefits broker. And uh, little did I know that I would found a very, find a very receptive audience to um, some of the products and services that would help them contain their costs. And again, as fate would have it, uh, learning more about self-insured employers and considering which ones were using pharmacogenomics or might consider using it, that's how I ran into my special guest today. And I've learned so much from her, and she's continuing to educate me and as well as others on how this can be done. So without any um, further discussion, I want to introduce you guys to Ms. Jane Cheshire Gilbert. She's a CPA and she's the Director of Retiree Healthcare for the Teachers Retirement System of the state of Kentucky. Uh, she has served the TRS retirees since April of 2002. She manages two retiree health plans covering over 48,000 retirees. She also serves as a leader in the areas of health insurance cost containment, project management, risk management, and federal health care solutions. Gilbert served in management and directorship positions for a Louisville, Kentucky law firm and a cost containment company, the Rawlings Company, from 1989 through 2002. Prior to that, she worked as an accountant for a national CPA firm. Ms. Jane earned a bachelor's degree in accounting from Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky, and she is a certified public accountant, as I mentioned earlier. Ms. Jane earned a bachelor's degree in accounting from Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky, and is a certified public accountant and a certified government benefits administrator. She has served on the board of the State and Local Government Benefits Association, and is a member of the Public Sector Healthcare Roundtable. As you can tell, Ms. Jane is a little bit different from our typical guest on the podcast, and she has an awesome perspective to bring us. Ms. Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited, super excited about the work you've done and super excited about how we can convey to our audience um, how they might use your model, the Kentucky Teachers Retirement System, as a model for implementing pharmacogenomics and achieving the outcomes that, that we hope from, from pharmacogenomics. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's jump right into the uh, what everybody wants to know. Can you tell us about the Teachers Retirement System of Kentucky, uh, for example, its population and its health plans, and uh, maybe how did how did you learn about pharmacogenomics? How did it come to your attention? And you know, based on your fiduciary responsibility with the health plans that you're working with, 
Why did the teacher's retirement system of Kentucky pursue a personalized medicine program pilot um, in 2017? And, and then you guys went on to do a full program in 2018. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, I have the pleasure and opportunity of representing 37,000 retired Kentucky teachers. They are on a fully insured Medicare Advantage plan and we also have a self-funded Medicare Part D employer group waiver plan. So the 37,000 is who I represent. Um, they have an average age of 74. We currently have 7,000 of the 37,000 over the age of 80. We have 34 retired teachers over the age of 100. The oldest is 108 and the second oldest is 107. Um, if those aren't impressive enough, surely you already know that it's predominantly female. So 73% female, 27% uh, male. Uh, I also uh, have the opportunity to represent about 9,000 under 65 retired teachers who are part of the Kentucky Employees Health Plan and not part of our Medicare eligible health plan. Um, on your second question, I think you said, how did we learn uh, about this whole concept? Um, so in, in 2006, at the time, our, our pharmacy benefit manager was Medco. And they had a, an, a, just an amazing and compelling keynote speaker at their annual conference who gave, I was just riveted. I was on the edge of my seat of how she got, became so sick and had signed the guardianship of her own children over to her mother, their grandmother. And she went through the entire story that was just harrowing um, for me, but then later explained that she was simply not metabolizing a drug appropriately and it was going to kill her. Um, so I heard about it first there back in 2006. I kept waiting at the time. I thought that the PBMs were going to bring this as an a la carte solution uh, to all of their self-funded clients uh, where they would say, let's get these folks tested, uh, look at their DNA, let's see what they appropriately metabolize and what they don't appropriately metabolize. But that solution, that a la carte solution never really came. Um, we ultimately had to kind of find it ourselves, so to speak. Um, and uh, so that's where I heard from it. Originally, we, we did start some work uh, early on with a company uh, that was spawned out of the University of Louisville. Um, ultimately, Aon Louisville took this thing out to bid for us in 2017. And that's kind of where we, we were introduced to Coriel Life Sciences um, uh, in that regards. I think in terms of the personalized medicine program, I mean, we just, we, we knew our retirees were taking approximately 15 prescriptions. And we wanted to make sure that if they needed 15 prescriptions, that they were actually working for them and not working against them or not working against each other. Uh, so basically, um, you know, in, in terms of cost containment goes, I mean, it just makes complete sense from a CPA standpoint to make sure that if there's a test out there, a once in a lifetime test that is not horribly expensive, why in the world wouldn't we do that um, uh, for our retired teachers so that they have that information going forward um, inside Medicare Advantage? 
uh, there's a lot of what's called value-added benefits. So I've been a big proponent that this be offered as a value-added benefit. So silver sneakers brings, you know, it brings what it needs to bring to the picture. But what better than uh, let me let me help you determine if the drugs you're taking are in fact helping you or could they possibly be hurting you or, or in fact toxic to you? So that's where this all got started. I love that story. I love that story. And that just shows you the power of one person's story. Uh, for example, the lady that described what had happened to her and how one person's story can can ignite the fire of others, which is, you know, that's what that's what we're advocating for here. So thanks for sharing that part. Um, let's take a look at the program partners. Um, what components went into the program and you know, what were your successful statistics thus far, uh, including the power of anecdotal evidence uh, with retired Kentucky teachers? Uh, has the program garnered any attention from the science and the purchaser communities? Yeah, so um, it was a four-way partnership between Teachers Retirement System of Kentucky, Aon Consulting out of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Coria Life Sciences that I've already mentioned, and the clinical pharmacy team led by Lucy Wells with the Know Your Rx Coalition out of the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. So those are the four partners in that. The co components of the program were the population analytics, member engagement, and the genetic testing. Most of that was handled by Coriel Life Sciences. So they did a lot of the data mining for us in that regards. They helped us with all of our customized materials in terms of inviting our membership. And then they produced, uh, through their proprietary software, they produced a medication action plan that would indicate, you know, whether a retired patient was, you know, a super fast metabolizer of this drug or a super slow metabolizer of, of another drug. And then from there, um, uh, the pharmacist at the Know Your X Coalition, they were already doing a lot of medication therapy management for my 37,000 population. So when we joined the coalition back in 2012, we had only a, a generic fill rate of 73%. Without materially changing our plan design, they brought that 73% up to 88% through phone call MTM medication therapy management alone. And so we knew we had a winner uh, with the, the No Yorex Coalition then. And when we decided to embark upon pharmacogenomics, I mean, who else but those pharmacists with the No Yorex Coalition, who else would fill such a critical role for us um, in terms of being that mouthpiece, uh, the one that that helps the patient understand what is this test saying? What are the results from the medication action plan saying? And by the way, they can talk the doctor's language too. And with the patient's permission, they can call the prescribing physician and talk to them about, look, Jane's an ultra slow metabolizer of a certain drug. Um, we'd like to see her try this other drug. Are you okay with that? So those are the kind of the four partners. That's the four programs uh, inside it as well. Um, early dives into some of our data, just, just for background history there. Corio uh, showed that 83% of our 37,000 retired patients were on a drug that had some type of gene drug implication. Again, I mentioned average number of prescriptions is 15. 
Uh, 75% of our 37,000 had high blood pressure, 58 high cholesterol, 50% with pain and inflammation. Um, my staff uh, and the CLS staff, they worked tirelessly on these communications that we were so careful to try brand. So our retirees trust Teachers Retirement System of Kentucky, and they already trusted the No Yorks Coalition. So we made sure we had those two logos up in front of any invitations or any materials, even the spit kit test had all three logos. The new logo to them in this was Coriel Life Sciences. Um, and as far as success statistics and things like that, we're, we're still pretty super excited. Again, this thing started in late 17. It went to a full-blown program in 18. Um, now we're kind of mature into this three years now. Um, to date, we have 10,266 retirees enrolled in this program. So 10,266 of the 37,000 have enrolled. Um, now enrollment doesn't mean the same as completing your spit kit test and then going all the way through uh, those results and the genetic interpretations. So 8,015 um, have resulted in complete genetic uh, interpretations where the pharmacists with the No Yorks Coalition have completed their PGX MTM, so to speak. And so we still think that's a great number. 8,015 out of 37,000 um, is a super exciting number on our end of things. So at an 18-month evaluation, and Coriel is currently working on a 36-month evaluation, so we should have those numbers shortly. But at an 18-month evaluation, looking at just the medical data, this is not even looking at the pharmacy data, uh, we saw 28% of those 8,015 resulted in a medication recommendation change. Now, that's pretty astounding. And, and Dr. Winslow also, it, there was more changes made. Just 28% was changed due to a drug to DNA. The other was the kind of the halo effect. You've got, a, you've got a caring pharmacist on the phone who wants to help that person. And they've got an hour with them by phone. So they're helping them get to the, the lower cost generic. They're, they're helping them maneuver uh, the mail order system. They're helping them in quite a few other ways. So actually, we saw 64% total drug recommended changes when you look at both PGX and MTM. Even the best news, again, speaking to uh, the pharmacist's role in this, even the best news is they were able to talk to the prescribing physicians and the prescribing physicians agreed to those recommended changes 87% of the time. In terms of dollars that we've seen so far, again, an 18 month look at medical claims only, we're seeing about a $5,5200 savings per enrolled member we also did a kind of a comparator. I think it was about 2,000 retirees that took the, the spit kit test and compared them to 2,000 that decided not to take the test for whatever reason, but attempted to compare them in terms of disease state and risk score and things like that. So um, clearly, Coriel, so far, and again, this is just 18 months, they saw the non-enrolled members' medical costs grew 12% faster than those in the program. So hopefully in a, in a month or two, we'll have those 36-month results. It will include both medical and pharmacy, um, and I'm super excited to be able to share that. In terms of attention, yeah, this, 
This program has got a ton of attention. Um, we've tried to accept every, um, every opportunity that we can to talk about this. Um, and uh, some of the highlights, I think, were the uh, NIH, the National Institute of Health there, the NHGRI meeting in early 2019 there in Bethesda, Maryland. And then we were also invited the same year, later that year, to the Personalized Medicine Coalition to their annual conference in Harvard. That's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I'm almost speechless again. <laughs> um, what I hear you saying, or I think what I hear you saying is that it wasn't just a test. It wasn't just a pharmacist. It wasn't just a patient. It wasn't just you as a CPA. It was a team of people invested in improving the outcomes, medication outcomes for, for your patients. Um, because you care about them, number one, and, and number two, because they deserve, that's what they deserve. These people have served, you know, they, they have served their communities well. So I love how you're, how you're able to describe the, all of the elements that go into a successful program. Um, I'll be honest, I've seen a lot of awesome effort as far as sales and such go of, um, like account signing accounts, but it's the individual pieces and the components of the puzzle that all come together after that sale to, to make the program successful. So Ms. Jane, you know, what is your ultimate goal with, with the pharmacogenomics inside of the personalized medicine um, program for the teacher's retirement system of Kentucky I mean, I know you want your you want your patients or your teachers to be healthy. You want them to not experience financial toxicity. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I mean, the ultimate goal, as we explained to the National Institute of Health and the Personalized Medicine Coalition, the ultimate goal is that pharmacogenomics becomes a standard of care in Medicare and in the commercial health plans. We believe in it that strongly. And we know that most things don't become a standard of care until they're, uh, as a matter of just normal, reimbursed by Medicare as well as the insurance carriers. So in talking with the other employers, I talked to, uh, uh, I think it was IBM, Ford, Duke University. There was a lot of employers there at these meetings with jobs very similar to mine, which is how can we offer a very valuable, uh, exceptional benefit at the least amount of cost possible. And so to, in talking with them, you know, we were just trying to say, you know, and, and that's the exact questions I got from other employers, which is how can we do exactly what you did? We want to do this um, because we want this to become a standard of care, and ultimately we want this recognized, the science recognized, the science that we've known has existed for over a decade now, um, and, and I think, you know, it's been there, all the pieces have been here, there, the only thing that was new for us, I think, was our established relationship with those pharmacists, because you've got the DNA results, but if you've got someone who's not explaining that to the patient, to where they can understand it in layman's terms, non-clinical terms, and then you've got the pharmacist saying, with your permission, retiree, may I call your prescribing physician and talk to them about what you might metabolize a little better 
um, in this regard. And, you know, with that permission, reaching out to the prescribing physician, and like I said, 87% of the time, they're saying, thank you for helping me be the best doctor that I can be. And I want to make sure that these drugs are, in fact, working for my patients. Um, so, you know, ultimate goal, standard of care, reimbursed by Medicare, the insurance carriers, um, you know, personal experiences for me uh, is the amount of time that's wasted and spent in switching drugs and titrating drugs, especially in the categories of depression. You know, let's try this. I mean, it's, it's almost like you throw a drug at the wall and whatever sticks is whatever sticks. But there's, you know, a, a human person at the end of that who's shelling out some of their good earned retirement money to pay for these drugs. And why in the world, if there's a test that already exists, why wouldn't we test them first to make sure that we're going to put them on the right depression medication at the right time, at the right price, uh, in that regards. We also, in addition to depression, we're looking at cancer, pain, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, blood thinners. Blood thinners are very important too. That's life or death kind of stuff there. Uh, GERD and, and of course, depression, as I mentioned. Yes, yes. Um, I'm so glad you know that this, this podcast is about uh, pharmacogenomics and pharmacists and I'm so happy that you brought up the point that the pharmacists were critical um, to the program's success. Um, I feel like if we could just scream that from the mountaintops and show the evidence, uh, pharmacists are really good at, at telling each other, I think, about how, how much we help. Um, but the message coming from people outside of our organization proclaiming how much uh, pharmacists help is, is just so beneficial. And I thank you for that. So let's let's just dive a little bit deeper into that, you know, the pharmacists in your program. And I was lucky to meet many of them and train them through the Test to Learn program. They're an awesome group. Can you dig a little bit more into how they integrated it into the medication therapy management? Well, they're now up to 16 pharmacists now. So I, I think they were might, might have been 11 or 12 that you trained, but they're up to 16 now. Um, two of them are dedicated solely to the medication therapy management that wraps around the pharmacogenomics program. The rest, though, have, and they're working towards those that haven't been certified are working towards that. And all of the other pharmacists that were there are, are certified uh, in the pharmacogenomics program. And so, you know, again, it was just for us, it was just the easiest decision to make was if we're going to move forward with this testing, that we know the science is valid. If we're going to move forward, you know, how is it? TRS of Kentucky, we have no one clinical on staff. So we're a bunch of CPAs and a bunch of attorneys and a whole lot of customer service folks and people that care about our retired teachers. So we have no clinical background, none of us. And so in the past, my staff and myself spent a lot of time, you know, saying, I think it's probably okay that you take the lower cost generic alternative. Um, and our retirees weren't believing us. But, you know, when you start and have 
part of the beauty of this coalition and these group of pharmacists is once you create that by phone relationship, then you may call back and ask for them again. That doesn't exist in most customer service worlds. You also have, and I hope that the PBMs really catch on to this too, this entire model because in the PBM world, my experience has been you never get to talk to a pharmacist. Um, you never get to a pharmacist. And that's the critical piece here is a pharmacist that cares and cares enough to spend an hour on the phone to make sure that our retired teachers get it right. So I'm hoping, you know, through this podcast and through many other discussions that the PBMs will realize that there is a critical piece here and it's the pharmacy piece. And if they just emulate what the Know Your Rx Coalition has done in, in terms of both medication therapy management. So their medication therapy management services are in addition to what Express Scripts is our PBM right now. So their MTM is in addition to the Medicare Part D requirements of Express Scripts. So that's above and beyond that we're paying them for that service. And then we pay them above and beyond to do the medication therapy management inside the pharmacogenomics. And I know that they've had just great stories, anecdotal stories. I mean, we all have our favorite blood thinner stories. So, um, yeah, and what's funny, uh, Dr. Winslow, is I, I had my DNA tested um, mainly because I, I wanted to just be able to say, if I'm going to ask a retired teacher to do this, and I want to know what the spit kit felt like and, you know, what, how long it took. And how, I wanted to go through the exact same experience, and so did Gary Harbin, uh, the CEO of TRS of Kentucky. And so we both did that. And lo and behold, I'm one of those 20, thank God I don't, I'm not on a blood thinner, but I'm one of the 27% that would not metabolize clopidogrel. So I'm one of those Plavix people that just wouldn't do anything with Plavix. Um, so I've tried, I've got a twin sister. I've tried to explain that to her saying, you know, I think we both need to be very careful here. Um, and, and so that's just great information to have down the road is that, you know, should I have any heart issues or stroke issues, I have that information available to me. And I mean, you know how all this works in the consumer direct to consumer advertising. Nowhere do you hear on there that nationwide 30% of you will not respond to Plavix. Um, you don't exactly hear that as part of all the the extra information there. So we're just super excited to tell this story. Um, and the, the, the Know Your Arts Coalition has been graceful in allowing us to, to tell their part of the story. And they are truly just a group of pharmacists that really care. They are, they really are. And that is, you know, I realize that about them. It wasn't just another certificate on their resume to make them look, you know, or stand out from the crowd. They really care, and I loved the way they were applying it and 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 accomplishing the outcomes that we hope will will come from pharmacogenomics. And um, you know, I think another important point is that I I feel like part of the mm, adverse drug events and non therapeutic outcomes that we have seen increase over the last couple of decades has been partly related to the patient not having a relationship with the pharmacist like they used to. Um, I, I chose to go to pharmacy school because I loved my pharmacist. I loved how he helped people and my family had a personal relationship with him. 
And I mean, that's what I hear you saying also is that it's not just dispensing a medication to a patient and you get the outcomes that you want. <laughs> it's having that relationship with a pharmacist that understands all the factors that go into um, a medication being therapeutic and a medication not causing um, adverse drug events is it's those cognitive skills. Um, so thank you so much for pointing that out. I know there is no doubt in my mind that um, you've inspired my audience. And, you know, one of the things I get asked quite frequently in my consulting is, tell us what's the gold standard? What's the gold standard? How do we do this? You know, how do we design this program? And my, you know, my response has always been, well, there's no perfect model for every situation. Um, but you guys have definitely developed a model that works for you all as evidenced by the outcome. So thank you so much for setting that example, giving us all something to look to. Um, Ms. Jane, you know, I would love for you to come back again on, on another episode and, and share some more of your pharmacogenomic success stories. Uh, can you tell our listeners in between now and maybe when you can join us again, can you tell them how they might contact you for more information? Um, sure. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, it's jane.gilbert at trs.ky.gov as in in government. So that's J-A-N-E dot G-I-L-B-E-R-T at T-R-S dot K-Y dot G-O-V. So that's my email. You can call me directly at 84, excuse me, 502-848-8512, or you can always message me on LinkedIn um, uh, because I do hear from a lot of folks on LinkedIn about our program with mm -hmm. pharmacogenomics. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that contact information. We look forward to following you guys and continuing to see your awesome results. And again, thank you for your advocacy and, and, and we look forward to maybe having you back again. Thanks for the opportunity. What a terrific episode. Thank you so much to uh, Becky and, and just bringing on a guest that really is peeling through some of the barriers to getting our public to embrace pharmacogenomics, use it and save uh, money and, and lives and possible drug, uh, adverse drug reactions. If you're listening to this show, please do us a favor. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, share these podcasts with your uh with your trusted patients that you know physicians that you know payers that you know employers that you know in your community this is how we're going to um, educate the public with uh with true information well thought out information and conversations and i always thank our pharmacists for everything you do you are our heroes and uh, we always thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for your interest in PGX and for spending some time with us. Please share this podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For all of our episodes, please visit PGX4RX.com. That's PGX4RX.com.